the 25th chapter of Hilkos Malva Vuleiba, the laws of a lender and borrower. Today's Perek, as well as tomorrow's Perek, Perek Chavav, deal with the laws of Arvus, an Orev, a guarantor for a loan. And today's Perek contains 14 halachas. Perek Hamisha Esrim, the 25th chapter, Halacha Aleph. In this halacha, as well as the next halacha, the Rambam explains the difference between a guarantor who accepts upon himself this responsibility at the time of the loan as opposed to later on. Originally, he did not become an Orev, a guarantor. Only at the time of collection did he agree to become a guarantor. A person lends money to another, and after the loan took place, a person tells him, I shall be the guarantor. Or he demanded payment from the borrower in judgment, and then another person came and said, Leave him, and I will be the guarantor. Literally, there was, he was strangling the person. He was strangling the borrower in the marketplace. In other words, trying to get you exert physical force and thereby extract the money from him. And he told him, Leave him alone. I am the guarantor. In any of these cases, this guarantor has no legal responsibility. And even if he made this statement that he is the guarantor in front of the Bezdin, nevertheless, he is not responsible to pay. Since this Arev, this guarantor, said nothing at the time of the actual loan, therefore the lender was not depending on his participation in order to collect his loan. And even later on, when he agrees to be a guarantor, this is only enough to keep this borrower from being, from being bothered and being tortured. He doesn't really intend to risk his own money. He's just trying to save something to get him out of this uncomfortable situation. Since he is only saying so, uh, without sincerity, so to speak, it does not mean that he's going to guarantee with his own money. Perhaps he means he's going to guarantee to encourage the borrower to give the money. In any case, it is not a legally binding statement. However, if he made a Kenyan Sudr, a legal act of acquisition, when the two parties, the lender and this uh, guarantor, will pick up a garment or something of the sort as a sign of the transaction and their contractual agreement, call elu aponim bein bifnei bezdin bein In any of these cases that we mentioned above, whether it's in front of a bezdin or whether it's between him and the lender alone, he becomes responsible, bound to pay back this loan in the event that the, le- that the borrower himself does not do so. Since there is a Kenyan, we know that the transaction is a serious one and he was not just saying it superficially. This was all speaking about there was a case where the Arab entered into that relationship later, not at the time of the loan. Halacha base. If, however, he said at the time the money was given, at the time of the loan, lend him and I am the guarantor. At such a time, it's a valid claim and he is bound by it. This guarantor becomes bound to pay and there is no necessity for a Kenyan, an official sign of the contractual obligation. The Kenyan Bezdin also Isa Arev, and so too if the court assigned him and appointed him as a guarantor, he also is bound to, for responsibility for repayment, even though there was no Kenyan, an official contractual obligation. 
For example, the court wanted to collect from this borrower. And he told the court, Allow him, leave him alone, and I will be a guarantor for you. So in such a case, we normally say that he only was trying to do it in order to save this borrower for having to pay. And therefore, he didn't really intend to risk his own money. But over here, Since he gets some benefit out of this claim, some pleasure, since he sees that the court believes him and trusts him as a guarantor for the loan, with this benefit which he gets, with this enjoyment, this pleasure, he was mishabed himself. He bound himself to repay the loan. Normally, where he gets nothing out of it, through a mere verbal statement, we cannot hold him responsible for repayment. We assume it was not serious. But over here we assume it is serious since he himself was getting something for it. Since he was getting something for it. Their trust, he obviously intended to seriously follow it through. And therefore he has financial responsibility. Halacha Gimel. In this and the next halacha, the Ramam explains the procedure about whether to try to collect the debt from the borrower first, or can one even go to the guarantor to the Arab first? Someone that lends another through a guarantor, even though this guarantor has financial responsibility, as we discussed in the previous halachas, nevertheless, the lender is not allowed to demand payment from the guarantor first. Rather, he should first demand his money from the borrower. And if the borrower does not give him the money, then then he can go to the guarantor and get paid from him. However, when does this apply? That he can go to the Arif. Not only in a case when the Leiva, the borrower merely refuses to give him, when the borrower doesn't have anything to collect from. Not only he refuses, but he doesn't have anything. However, if the borrower does have possessions, we do not collect from the guarantor, the order whatsoever, we collect from the borrower. This that we say, that we do not bother the borrower, the leva, and go straight to the order, is only if the order, if the leva has nothing. The borrower doesn't have any possessions to collect from. Should he have possessions, even though he refuses to voluntarily give them, nevertheless the court goes to him and takes away his possessions rather than borrowing the guarantor. However, If, however, the borrower was a powerful person and who is fighting the court, and the court is unable to extract the possessions from him, or he refused to come to judgment in the first place, in any of these cases, one is allowed to be repaid first from the guarantor, and then it will be the guarantor's problem to take the labor, the borrower, to court in order to recover his money. Since he was only guarantor for the loan, he still has the right to go to the real borrower and get his money back. If the auditor is able to get the money away from the borrower, he takes it away. Or alternatively, the court can place this borrower in excommunication until he finally decides to pay. Let's say the lender stipulates that he wants to be able to collect from anyone he wants. He doesn't want to have to wait for this whole procedure with the borrower. He wants to go straight to the guarantor. 
Can he make such a stipulation? The lender made a condition, a stipulation on this guarantor. He told him, I'm lending this money upon condition that I, am pay, I can get repaid from whoever I want. In this case, his stipulation does not help. If the borrower has possessions, he is not allowed to get repayment from the, from the guarantor. Because all he said is he'll be paid from whoever he wants. He didn't specify that he'll be paid from whichever one he wants first. He stipulated that if the, in the event that the borrower doesn't have, then he'll go to the audit. However, if he was more specific in his stipulation, Omar al-Manashe Misha that I will I give you this loan upon condition that I will be repaid from whoever I want first. In other words, he stipulates that whoever he wants to go to first, he will be allowed to go to. In this case, it's binding, as the Rambam would say. Or also, Kablin. Or he was an art of Kablin, which as the Rambam will discuss in the next halacha, is an art of who takes even a greater responsibility upon himself, a higher degree of guarantor. In either of these cases that he mentions the word Tchila, or that he became an art of Kablin, he's allowed to, to make his claim against the guarantor or against the art of Kablin first. And he can be repaid from them even though the borrower does have possessions. Since he made the stipulation or was not of Kaplan, he can go directly to them. Who is considered to be a regular Orev, a regular guarantor, and who is considered to be a Kaplan, which as we mentioned in the previous halacha, could be gone to directly even without going to the borrower for collection. When is he considered a Kablin? If he says the following statement, Ten lay, give him, meaning give to this borrower, and then I will give to you. Only in, with a, such a clear, unequivocal statement is he considered to be a Kablin. And as we will see in the rest of the halacha, both of these statements must be absolutely clear. He must say Ten lay and give it to him. Instead of merely saying, lend it to him, or something which is less certain. And so too he says, and I am going to give it to you. Instead of saying, I will pay you back, or I am responsible, or I'm, or anything of the sort. Those are all unclear in comparison with this statement. To say that, give to him, and I will give to you. Only in some such case does he become a kablan. Only in such a case can the lender get repaid from him first, even though he has not explicitly stated, Omar, and he did not say, upon condition that I get paid from whoever I want first, as we mentioned in the previous halacha. This is the only case if he does not stipulate where he could go directly to the guarantor, when the guarantor is an order of Kablan. But if he says it more uncertainly, he says, lend him and I am the guarantor. Or, lend him and I will pay back. Lend him and I am responsible. Lend him and even if he says, I will give. Give him and I am a kablin. In this case, what's lacking is he says, instead of tenle. Lend him instead of give him. This is also not clear, clear enough. And even if he has the first part of the statement, tenle, give him. I am an art of kablin. This is not as clear as saying that I am going to give. 
or a ten leivani peireya, ten leivani chayuv, ten leivani odet. Give him and I will pay back, or I am responsible, or I am the guarantor. Kul and loshnar vanusain. All of these are expressions of a regular guarantor. And therefore, he cannot be have a claim entered against him first, and the payment may not be taken from him as long as the borrower has possessions. Until he explicitly states that he is doing it on condition that he is able to collect from the one he wants, whoever he wants, and evidently adding the word tzchila as well. Halach a person becomes a guarantor for the ksuba, the payment of the marriage contract of a woman. Even though he underwent Kenyan Sudar, which would seem to make official that he is not merely pretending over here, he's really accepting a responsibility, nevertheless he is exempt from paying. He only intended to do a mitzvah to help this woman get married and not to himself because financial damage. In other words, he knows she needs an audit. An audit is necessary in order for the ksuba to be followed through. Therefore, he does it. But he doesn't really intend that later on she's going to get divorced and have to get the ksuba and there won't be enough money in the estate and then they're going to come to him. This is known as an asmacht in the way. And the concept will be important for many other halachas in the Perek. As the number mentioned in Hilchas Mechira and many other times throughout these financial laws, that if a person makes a certain stipulation or has a certain understanding at the time of a contractual agreement, and he is really thinking in the back of his mind that he, this condition is never going to come to pass and he will not have financial responsibility. In such a case, it's known as an asmachta. And the entire deal is invalid because he is being sameh. He is counting on this condition never being fulfilled. Since this is the case, he never really took upon himself the obligation. And so, too, in this case, it is similar to an asmachta since he never really is, expects that he is going to be asked for the money for this ksuba. However, If, however, the audit, the guarantor, was a father for the ksuba of his son, and a kinyan was made. In that case, he is chayev, he is responsible to pay, because the father has a, such, a, such a strong feeling towards his son that he definitely accepted upon himself anything necessary in order to have the marriage be, be carried through. But kablin shal ksuba chayev. This that we said that in the case of a ksuba, the guarantor is not responsible, is only a regular guarantor, a regular audit, but a kablin, he is responsible, even for a ksuba. We have had many times in previous parakim the concept of, of, of land which is sold with achrayas. Achrayas means that in the event that the land is grabbed away, the seller has responsibility. Let's say Reuven owes somebody money, and therefore all of Reuven's possessions are subject to repaying this loan. Later on, Reuven sells some of these possessions to a second party, let's call him Shimon. When later on, the one Reuven owes money to comes to collect his debt and Reuven has nothing, if Reuven has possessions, they'll take away Reuven's possessions. If not, they'll go and look for things which Reuven used to own, which have been sold to others. If he sold it to Shimon, this one that Reuven owes money to will be able to grab the land away from Shimon. However, since land has achrayas, 
in general, or even if it's not land, if it has been stipulated that it is with Achrayas, Reuben then is responsible for any damage he might cause Shimon. If the field is grabbed away by the one that Reuben owes money to, then Reuben, Reuben is going to have to pay back Shimon for the loss of the field. Now, the Rambam will deal with a case where there is an Oref, a guarantor, to, to take care of this Achrayas, in, in this case when the field is grabbed away. Reuben shemochar l'shimen sadeh. Reuben sold Shimon a field. Well, Levi v'kibul achrayis alov. And along came Levi and accepted upon, him, accepted upon himself the achrayis for this. He became like an oref for Reuben in the event that someone will come and grab the field away from Shimon. Because Reuben owes them money, then Levi will be responsible to fulfill Shimon's lack as a result of the field being grabbed away. And this is what he means when he says that he's accepting achrayis. Should this be the deal, Levi. Nevertheless, should it happen, Levi has no financial responsibility. This is a classic case of an asmachta. He doesn't really expect this to happen. Levi's just saying, yeah, okay, he'll take care of the achrayas. But this is such a far out case that Levi really never expects that this is going to come into existence. And therefore, as in all cases of asmachta, there is no financial responsibility. However, that's all if there was no kinyan. If, however, there was a Kenyan, that he is going to pay back the value of this sale, any time that should someone want to make a claim against Shimon, then he is responsible. Since he has said clearly he is responsible for the money and there was a Kenyan, then he ha- does have financial responsibility. Because they are hired and so thusly have my teachers ruled. Allah has. The Kena Arif, and so to a guarantor, or even Oyakadlan, even the stronger level of guarantor, Shahivu Atma Maltanai, that accepted upon themselves a responsibility but made a stipulation, a condition. In this case, even if there should be a Kenyan, still, they have no responsibility because this is also an Asmachta. For example, for example, the guarantor, quote-unquote, tells the lender, give to him and I will give to you. Which, as we discussed in Alachahe, is the classic statement of a Kavlin. And a Kavlin has a tremendous degree of responsibility. However, he continues that I will give to you in ye if such and such a thing happens. Or in or if such a thing does not happen. Clearly, making his being a Kavlin contingent upon this particular event happening or not. In this case, he has no responsibility. Shakola Taylor Shibut. That anyone that makes his responsibility dependent on on something happening or not, he did not fully decide to enter into this agreement. And therefore, he has no no financial responsibility since he has not finalized his decision and fully agreed to accept upon himself the responsibility. Therefore, he is not mashubit and has no responsibility to pay. Two people, both of whom lent money with one document. In other words, they became partners to the loan. They both are borrowing money. Or they both were buyers in one purchase. And so to a, a partnership 
where the, one partner lended in the name of the partnership or bought something. They are guarantors for one another even though it has not been explicitly stated. Therefore, if two people should lend, borrow money, for example, with one document, each one is responsible as an orev, a guarantor for the other one's loan. If, for example, they both borrow $100, 50 of it he's responsible for himself. And the other 50 he is guaranteeing implicitly for the other person who has signed on the loan. Should the lender be unable to recover the other 50 from him, he will go to the one who has already paid his 50 since he is a guarantor. Two people, both of whom simultaneously guaranteed a loan for one person, such as two people signing becoming guarantors for a loan, should it come that the lender is going to be paid from the guarantor, which one does he go to? He can be paid from whichever one he wants. It's his choice. And if one of them does not have enough in order to pay the entire amount, then he can go to the other one in order to get the remainder. But both of them have complete, complete responsibility for this loan. One person who was an Orev for two separate loans, he became a guarantor for one and became a guarantor for a second person. And let's say one, the lender will have to come and collect from him. When the lender comes to collect, he must notify this guarantor, which one of the two loans he is, being, he is taking payment for, in order that the guarantor will be able to go back to the borrower to demand his money. Should there be two people and he not know which one's loan is being paid off, he will have no recourse as to recover his money from the one he was a guarantor for. Therefore, he must be notified and then he will go to recover his money from the borrower. A person tells another, You be a guarantor for a certain person and then I will be an order for you. In this case, it's as if he told him, you lend him and I will be an Arif, which is a regular case of Arvus. For example, Reuben tells Shimon that Shimon, you should lend Levi money, and I will be responsible should Levi not pay you back. And just like this Arif, Reuben, has a responsibility to the lender, Shimon, in case Levi doesn't pay. So too, the Arab, the first one that made the suggestion, he is Meshuba to the Arab Rishon, the one who was told to be an Arab. In other words, when he said, you be an Arab, Reuben told Shimon, you be an Arab for Levi, and I will be an Arab for you. So Reuben is going to be Meshuba to Shimon. The dinner Arav Imamalve, the Dim Arav Rishon Imasheni Din Echatu. And the same law governs the relationship between the case of an Arav for a loan, a regular case where Reuben tells Shimon, You lend money to Levi and I will be the guarantor. The relationship between Reuben and Shimon is the same thing as if Reuben told Shimon, You be an Arav for Levi and I will be an Arav for you. Reuben has the same responsibility in either case. Halacha Yid Gimel. Someone that does not specify the extent of the matter in which he is being a guarantor for. 
like for example, the guarantor, the oret, tells the lender, whatever you want to give him, give him and I will be an oret. I am responsible, a guarantor. Or sell it to him and I will be responsible. Or lend him and I am a guarantor. There are some of the Ga'inim who rule that even if he sold him something worth 10,000, or lent him 100,000, the guarantor becomes responsible for the entire amount. However, it appears to me, says the Rambam, that the law should be against the Ga'inim, the Miksas Ga'inim. It seems to the Rambam that this guarantor should not be required to pay anything. That since he does not know what it is, he is obligating himself regarding he never really depended on this, on having to pay anything, and therefore he never fully obligated himself. As we mentioned earlier in the idea of an asmachta, that since, although the entire idea of arvas is also an asmachta, because you're only depending in the case when he's not going to pay, then you will be responsible to pay. But this is an even more extreme type of, of an asmachta, more than a regular case of a guarantor. Therefore he does not, depends whatsoever or count that he's going to have to pay and therefore never obligated himself. And these are something which are reasonable words to someone that is capable of understanding that the rule should be that it's like an asmachta and therefore he has no obligation. The final halacha the perak halacha yudalit. If one person tells another Lend him, Reuben tells Shimon, lend him, lend Levi, and I will be the guarantor for the body of this borrower, for the body of Levi. What does he mean over here? He didn't mean to become a guarantor for the money itself. But he means to say that whenever you want, I will bring him to you. In other words, I am responsible to produce him in your presence, that you will be able to collect from him. But I do not mean that I am accepting upon myself financial responsibility. And so too, if he says, after the money has been lent and he has already demanded repayment, leave him alone. Because any time you demand, I will bring him to you. Furthermore, they made a Kenyan suitor on this. What happens if the borrower does not bring him? If, if he is not able to bring the borrower. In this case, he made an agreement, and there was a Kenyan Sudur, that I will bring him to him. Now, now we're not talking about the guarantor not paying back the loan. We see now that since he only took upon himself the responsibility of providing his physical presence, this that he himself does not pay back, does not ruin anything for the guarantor. But the guarantor did promise, and he did make a Kenyan Sudar that he was going to bring this borrower in the presence of the lender. Let's say he did not do so. Does he have to pay? There are some of the Ga'inim who ruled that he has to pay. Since he took upon himself to, pre to present the borrower, and he did not do so, and therefore he has responsibility for payment. 
However, there is someone that rules. Furthermore, even if the specific stipulation was made, and he says, If I don't bring him, or or he dies or runs away, I am responsible to pay. This is also an asmacht, and he did not obligate himself. That again, he is not fully depending on having to pay this loan. He is merely trying to save this person from an uncomfortable situation. And he doesn't really intend that the person is actually going to, to run away. Therefore, even if he stipulates that in the event that he does run away, I am going to have to pay, he still is not going to have to pay because it's an asmachta. And therefore, he never fully obligated himself. This would be his second opinion. And how does the Rambam rule? This is how my opinion is inclined towards his second opinion that this would be considered an asmachta. And he never really counted on having to pay this money. And therefore, he is exempt from payment even should he stipulate explicitly that he is responsible.